What's going on guys? My name is Jeremy Graves. I'm a level three certified CrossFit trainer and former CrossFit affiliate owner. I would like to welcome you to the Elevate Trainer Development Podcast. I've been a full-time trainer for over 10 years now and I've worked with everyone from pro athletes to 90 plus year old seniors. As a member of the CrossFit HQ training staff, I have access to some of the best coaches within our fitness industry. Join us each week as we discuss everything that leads to being a better trainer. We hope you leave educated, inspired, and most importantly, elevated to new heights. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to our third episode of Elevate Trainer Development, where we talk about everything and anything that goes into being a better trainer. Uh, Like I said, this is our third week. The first week, we covered basically an overview of our entire program, what we do, who we are, why we do what we do. Um, We talked about five attributes that we believe make a great trainer. Those five attributes were care and empathy, a sound knowledge base, positive attitude, continued self-development, and open-mindedness. In our second episode, we did a basically skeleton um, uh, overlay of what programming looks like for us when we're talking about sports-specific athlete versus general population athletes. And within that episode, there were a bunch of different things that we could be um, using to make up an episode all on their all on their own and we will do that um, and today what we're going to talk about is is what does it mean to rx a workout or do a workout as prescribed and why most people shouldn't be doing it but before i i get into all that i just want to say thanks to everyone that has been listening but even more than listening actually reaching out and interacting with us on social media whether it's instagram or facebook or sending me messages directly all that stuff is i mean it's invaluable for me because if there's something that i know that people want to learn more about i'll take notes and i'll continue to um, address those things Um, if there's something that i think people have got a good handle on then uh, I know it's something I can maybe put, you know, to to put off the cover a little bit later, but I definitely use whatever people are engaging with us most about as a directive for, hey, let's let's cover this a little bit more. So, I really appreciate that. Thank you guys so much. And I keep saying this, it doesn't matter it doesn't really matter to me how many people listen to the show in terms of it's value. Uh, Of course, I want to get it out to as many people as possible so that hopefully it will help as many people as possible. But in terms of um, my motivation, I I put it out there and we're continuing to have a a little more and more um, listenership every time we release one. And then we're still getting people reaching out to us talking about how much it's helping them. So I love it. I appreciate it. And we're going to keep it going. Um, It's also fun for me. It gives me a chance to talk about some of these things that take up a lot of headspace. So um, we're going to keep it rolling and we'll get right into week three here. So let's 
let's talk about what this whole thing is that we're that we're going to talk about today of what it, what it means to be to RX a workout or do a workout as prescribed. So the CrossFit coaches here are really going to understand exactly what we're talking about by to by saying RX a workout or do it as prescribed. If you're coming from another fitness background, you might not completely understand what that means, but basically what it is um, is to write out a workout, right? whatever the workout is. Um, let's just say it was a 400-meter run, 10 power cleans at 225, and 30 pull-ups, three rounds for time. right? So you, you write out the specific workout to the letter. right? How much weight you're going to do, how many reps you're going to do it, uh, how many reps you're going to do with that movement, and then um, how many reps you're going to do of anything else it is, or the duration of a run, anything like that. You write down the workout to the letter, detail by detail, and you put that out for folks to do. Um, this started when, I mean, really the first people to start putting out workouts back in the, the late 90s, early 2000s was CrossFit.com when they put these workouts out online for the world to see. Right, so when Greg would put a workout, Greg Glassman being the founder of CrossFit, when he would put out a workout on CrossFit.com, he would have to give some direction, right? He would put it out, whatever they're going to do at the gym that day, he would put it out there and he would write it down there to the letter. And the intention was that he would write a workout out that would challenge some of the most athletically developed people in the world. He wanted it to challenge the best of the best because the the thought process was let's program for the the top tier athletes and then we will scale down everyone else to maintain the intended stimulus that the top end athletes would be getting if they did that workout as written if of course again they could do the workout as written that's that's a separate issue we're going to talk about that here in a minute Right? And, and so that's where this all came from. The intention is obviously we're, we're working with uh, maybe athletes remotely. So he's posting a workout online for the world to follow. So you give as much direction as possible. How far are you going to run? How many reps are you going to do of the power clean? What's the weight on the power clean? Right. And with all of this, there is a... And it, and it takes a coach to decipher this part of it all, but it takes some sort of understanding of what the intent behind that workout is. Is it supposed to take five minutes? Is it supposed to take 25 minutes? Right? Is it really long and drawn out, or is it really fast and really hard? There's an intent behind the workout. And the way the workout is written is supposed to bring... Um, that intent or that that stimulus that intended stimulus out and and oftentimes it you know it can do that if if you have some good coaching and you're going about it the right way right i mean the way the workout's written always will have the intent behind it it's does the athlete performing the workout execute the workout as intended that's the bigger question why is this great? It's great because it gives people mainly, it gives them something to shoot for. It gives them direction. So again, if I'm writing a workout 
and I write this workout out, you know, like what did we say, uh, the 400 meter run, 10 power cleans, 30 pull-ups, three rounds for time, right? If I write this out, it gives very clear cut uh, objective, right, a task. And then on top of that task that I laid out, I will then lay out, hey, okay, this is what I want it to be. I want the 400 meter run to be done in, you know, a certain amount of time. The, the cleans should be, you know, quick singles or maybe two sets of five. And then the 30 pull-ups, you should be breaking it up no more than two times per set. If I say that is the goal, that's the intention, that's the intention behind the stimulus, I want that to be the picture of what it looks like when the athlete does this workout. And it can give um, the athletes a lot of direction when they go about trying to get this done, okay? Oh, now let's go with the, so, you know, and it's a challenge, right? It gives athletes a challenge. Hey, this is, this is the task. If you're fit enough, this is the task you wanna, you wanna go ahead and hit, but it, but the question you then need to ask, and this leads us into the next piece, maybe why it's a bad thing, right? The question you need to ask yourself is, just because you can physically complete something, complete a task, should you do it? Because that, that's the, the big question you always have to ask yourself is, just because you can do something, does that mean you should? Are you doing something at the expense of the stimulus, the intended stimulus? So if I say the workout is 400 meter run, 10 power cleans at 225, and 30 pull-ups, three rounds for time, I then have behind that a goal, a process for which I expect the athlete to follow as they work to complete it. And it's that process, it's that goal, it's that intent behind the stimulus, that's probably the most important part. So what we're going to do right now is talk about how when athletes lose track of the stimulus, it, it then goes on to stunt their growth and development overall. So um, that that's what basically the whole episode is going to be about from here on out. How how do you get an athlete or how do you get a coach to understand that the workout is just the workout it's the stimulus that is the more important part so there's two ways you're going to look at this right number one when you see a workout and you see that 400 meter run 10 power cleans 30 pull-ups three rounds for time you're going to see that as okay today is tuesday and that workout has been put into my training program for the week. That's the work ahead. That is today's training. So I need to do that in a way that's both appropriate for what I've done already as well as allows me to um, think about staying safe and healthy based on the current level of capacity that I have developed. Or, right, so that's that, that's good coach, right? That's good coach, that's good athlete looking at it within the context of the week and it's just a, a, another training day. And then there's the athlete or the, or the coach, which is even worse, right, that would look at that and see it as some sort of challenge and they'll be like, okay, I, I can do, I mean, my max power clean is like 240 pounds, so I can, I can clean 225. And 30 pull-ups, I can do like... 10 kipping pull-ups in a row so like I can do those things and obviously I can run 400 meters so 
I'm going to do it. And they see that workout as like some sort of test of their fitness, not really a, a tool that's used to develop their fitness, right? And that's where we start to figure out what it is we're doing here, right? We're writing training programs and I would say 90% of the time, the workouts you're writing should be something that is developing your fitness, not testing it. That's where we get into trouble. That's where we get into the just because you can do something doesn't mean you should because you're you're going to end up losing the intended stimulus, therefore stunting your progress, stunting your growth. Right? So how do you get to where eventually you can start to Rx these things? You can see something and go at it. Well, the first thing is scale more, scale better. Maintain the instant, the intended stimulus, right? We can't think about the word scaling as some sort of dirty word. Scaling is not a bad thing. In coaches, if this starts with you and your communication with athletes, when you put up a workout on the board, the very next thing out of your mouth should be, this is how this should go. And if you don't do that, then you're missing a big chunk of of that communication in terms of laying out your expectations and then also controlling what goes on in the gym to make sure your expectations are being met, not in terms of necessarily the outcome, but the means at which the outcome is, is, is obtained, right? If your athletes think that scaling is some sort of bad thing, that's on you. That's on the culture you've created. That's on the, um, the way we view these terms, and that comes top down. right? If everybody thinks that the term scaling has some sort of negative connotation attached to it, we've created that. We've got to get rid of that first. Okay. So number one is scale more often. Number two, scale better, right? If you have somebody that's doing the same scaling option every single day, so for example, if, if, if it's a pull-up workout and every single time they see pull-ups, you tell them to do jumping pull-ups, then yeah, eventually people are going to get burnt out, they're going to get pissed, and they're also going to stop progressing because they do the same thing every time a certain movement pops up, right? We ought to be varying our scaling options. Not only varying our scaling options, you need to look at the exact task that's being asked and then make sure that your scaling option isn't just the easiest or most convenient. Is it the most beneficial for the athlete or the client that's going to get them the closest stimulus that the original movement would ask of them, right? Or, or is it, is it the scaling option that's going to actually have them taking steps towards doing that one day? Or are you just giving them a place filler, right? Because strict pull-up scaling versus high volume kipping pull-up scaling, like those two things might look completely different. It's not just, oh, you're doing pull-ups, so uh, do ring rows, or do jumping pull-ups. Like we have to be smarter about what we're asking our athletes to do instead of another movement, and that on its own will help them buy in. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it more in a second. 
Okay, The goal when we talk about scaling more and scaling better is always to maintain the intended stimulus. So we talked about that a second ago, right? We said if we're, if we're putting a workout together and then we have that workout, the next set of sentences out of our mouth should be explaining to our athletes exactly how we want it to go. If we just say, okay guys, the workout is 400 meter run, 10 power cleans at 225, 30 pull-ups, three rounds for time. Let's go ahead and warm up. Then there's going to be, if you have 15 people in class, there's going to be 15 different interpretations on what that workout's going to be. You have to lay it out. How should it feel? How long should it take to do something? Right. If your max weights are, 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 are X, then you should scale to this because we want the bar to move like that. You have to make sure that they know what the intention is behind the work that's laid out ahead of them. And then let them know. Remember, guys, this is just Tuesday. We've got so-and-so down the road on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So we want to make sure that this is just another training day. You don't have to go outside of your abilities to get this done today. Let's make sure we're chasing the intended stimulus. You have these conversations and people buy in. They'll start to trust you a little bit more. And after you lay out what that intended stimulus is, now we can get into you know, what, what the appropriate scaling options are. So if I have that workout and I tell somebody, hey, I want the, the 400 meter run to take no longer than two minutes, if someone's like, well, I can't run 400 meters in two minutes, well, okay, now we're talking about scaling some distance, right? Oh, my max is 240 on the power clean. What should I do? Okay, now we start to get into, right? Okay, hey, if your max is so-and-so and 70% of that is less than the RX weight, we're going to start to get into scaling some loading, right? Same thing with the pull-ups, right? Maybe they ha- they don't have you know, the capacity to do that kind of volume. I mean, that would have been, what, 90 pull-ups, right? So you're going to, maybe you scale the volume. Maybe you do start to give some folks some sort of, right variations instead of just hanging from the bar with their body weight if they haven't hung from the bar yet or they haven't worked on kipping right you start once they know what the workout should look like and feel like they'll be a little bit more willing to start to move things around right and sometimes again yeah you're going to have the athletes who you tell them hey you can they want to try it no matter what because you put it on the board and again this in my opinion is a culture that's created and cultivated within the facility. So if the coach says, hey, this is the goal, this is the stimulus, and people aren't listening to the coach and they're going out and they're doing their own thing um, anyways, and I don't just mean one time or every now and then because they want to challenge themselves. Every now and then, like every once in a while, as a challenge to themselves, that's one thing. We're talking about what should be happening on a regular basis right as far as daily training goes but if you have an athlete right that really wants to test something out and you're like okay this is what i'm looking for and my recommendation is this if you want to try this then we're going to put this time parameter on one round and if we don't get you know to the if we don't complete the pull-ups by the eight minute mark 
right, then we're going to cut the weight down or we're going to cut the distance down. You start to have some sort of like checkpoints in there that help them stay on track. If they're on track, great. And if they're not, you discuss that beforehand so they know you're going to make some adjustments at that point. And that's a good way to work in um, this kind of idea of like, okay, earning your way to that RX, right? And it again, it, I can't tell you how much it starts with making sure that you don't have this negative connotation associated with some of this terminology, scaling, right? And it doesn't just have to do with how you talk about it, but making sure you're, you're scaling them in a way that's progressing them towards doing the end, the, the, what they see is kind of the, the end goal, which is, if, you know, if it's a pull-up, then is it getting them closer to a pull-up? If it's handstand push-ups, is it getting them closer to doing handstand push-ups? Right, we see scaling done all the time. It just keeps people where they are. They're doing banded pull-ups all the time. Handstand push-ups with three ab mats under their head. And it's already a range of motion, a, a, a movement where there's a limited range of motion. Right? Our scaling has to be, we, you got to take some more work, when it, you know, put some more work into putting together your scaling options, guys. It's got to make, you got to make sure it's allowing your athletes to work within the capacity they've currently developed while challenge them just a little bit, but challenging them in a way that's aligned with the challenge that will come with completing the full movement. Right. And when you do all that, when you scale more, scale better, and you're focused on maintaining the intended stimulus, the way you train and build over time, movement by movement, will allow them to start pushing it a little bit more. Because what, what people sometimes forget, um, it, coaches too, right? Not just our athletes, our coaches can forget this sometimes too. It's executing the, executing the workout as intended that gives us the progress, not necessarily just doing the movement. Right? So if I scale somebody right on the pull-up, and let's just say they did maybe lesser volume. Or they did, um, you know, they did uh, half of the pull-ups with a, um, a band and they did a proper kip and they did half of the pull-ups jumping versus somebody who, you know, did 30 single, like, jumping, seizure-kicking pull-ups. The athlete that had a plan and scaled the workout or modified the workout to align themselves with their current capacity is going to get better from that training exposure than the person who just kind of, you know, kicked their way through 90 pull-ups probably isn't going to come to the gym for a day or two after that because their arms are going to be so blown up. And then also took maybe, you know, 10 extra minutes to get the workout done because they, they didn't align themselves with their current level of capacity. Right, so continuous and effort, continuous effort put on maintaining that intended stimulus will get people a little bit better movement by movement over time. Because again, we don't see often, especially in a CrossFit style training program. Um, if we do handstand push-ups on one day, we might not see them again for two weeks. So will you'll start to see some progress but it might be movement by movement and then as that happens because we've placed that that proper focus on the training stimulus 
you may see athletes start to do, you know, maybe they can RX something, but not others. It's not just like, okay, now I RX workouts, obviously, right? We know that. You know, let's say an athlete started to progress on their weight and they started to, you know, they pushed the strength and the power clean got a lot better and we go back to our, our workout here. Maybe the weights have gone up, but they're still really challenged on the run or the pull-up is still a struggle. So maybe somebody gets to the point where they build up to doing the weight on the power clean, but they're still scaling the volume on the pull-ups right? or the distance on the run. So you're going to start to see people who are going to you know, start to close the gap movement by movement, but it's not universal. We don't get better at everything all at the same time. And that's kind of obvious, but I see it all the time. Once we make the, the switch and we start to RX a workout or elements of a workout, we have this expectation that we should be able to do that with everything. And, and it's just, it's not the case, right? And as we, as we start to, to chase the right things, right, we can implement some more challenging elements over time. But I, I can't tell you how much this depends on proper execution of the workout based on the intended stimulus. That's the whole thing. And that's really what scaling is, right? And that's why what you and your athletes talk about before workouts, after workouts needs to reinforce that concept. Scaling doesn't mean you're not good enough to do it RX. It also doesn't mean you're making the workout easier. In fact, it's just the opposite, right? Scaling the workout means you are modifying it based on the needs and the current level of development of the athlete so that they can do the workout as intended, right? So you're actually making it harder. If I took somebody through that workout that we've been using as our model, 400 meter run, 10 power cleans at 225, 30 pull-ups, three rounds for time, and their power clean max was 215, right? they might be able to get that done. Let's say, let's just say they could do 30 pull-ups, right? That part wasn't the problem, but it was the weight of the power clean. They just wanted to do it, right? They're going to take so much longer to get that, to get those power clean reps in. I mean, they might finish this thing 10 minutes after anybody else, right? If they're just like, they're fighting everybody, they're, right, they're going to do it no matter what. You can't talk any sense into them. In that case, I, I, I think there's a, uh, a fundamental breakdown in the relationship between the coach and athlete, but that, that's a separate issue, right? But let's just say you as the coach haven't done your job, so you let them do it, right? You, you are all good with it. There's going to be so much time there. Right. And again, let's talk about the intended stimulus. If I put this out and I said this was a conditioning-based workout, I want this to be done. I want the whole thing to take this amount of time. And you're over three rounds, is, the whole thing is going to take this much time. Right? We got a 20-minute cat. It, it's the goal of the workout is to develop this level of strength capacity, right? Combined with some stamina, right? Because we're we're getting all this done in a relatively short timeline. So overall capacity is certainly the goal. The power cleans aren't more important than the, than the pull-ups. The pull-ups aren't more important. It's everything together, the capacity to do it all in, the certain, in the, a lot of time. That's the goal, 
right? So if, if I keep that power clean weight there, I'm gonna have to take so much time in between each rep that even if I get the 10 done, did I do it in a way that increases my aerobic capacity, my capacity to get more work done in less time? So even though I did it, you know, I might give myself a pat on the back from an ego standpoint, but did I execute it in a way that's gonna give my athlete more capacity? Right? Because I've got another person who said, okay, my max is 215, I'm gonna go down to 175. Right? And they're gonna be tough, but I'm gonna be able to do the workout in two, you know, by, you know, two sets of five. So I'm gonna push the barbell and I'm gonna be out of breath and I'm gonna move and it's gonna get heavy, but I can keep it moving, like Coach said, and I'm gonna power through it. And they finished the workout 10 minutes before, right? Our athlete who did the heavy, singles with minutes in between obviously the workout was way harder for them because they pushed the pace they never stopped and they finished flat on their back and our athlete who used way too heavy of a weight right they finished the workout and they're like oh i did it all and they're standing upright and they're you know looking around talking about you know how they made it through those 30 power cleans but obviously those two workouts were different, right? They did not get the same thing. So just because they completed the same work, the way it was done was completely different. And what the athletes drew from that experience was completely different. Now, I wanna be clear here. I'm not trying to say it's never appropriate to challenge your athletes or push them or let them bump up against the wall, but it needs to be in a controlled setting it shouldn't just be to like let them learn a lesson. It needs to be by design, challenge them, like structure it that way. And, and structure it so that th- that's part of the intent. And usually, obviously, we do that with lesser skill, you know, based movements, things that maybe also aren't so risky, like a, you know, with something heavy, pulling something heavy off the ground or pushing heavy over your head or some high skill level body weight gymnastics movement. We do that with, I mean, push them up on things, sprints, burpees, runs, things where the, the, the risk is lower, right? And you can let them, you know, bump up against the edges there and ride the line there. But if we want to get our athletes better, guys, I can't tell you how much it's important to understand how you want them to do, you know, a given exposure. Make sure that they understand that scaling modification is not a bad thing. And especially early on, the more you scale things to chase the stimulus, the the sooner I know this sounds funny, but the sooner they'll start to be able to get closer to the things they see are RXing or doing a workout as prescribed because they didn't skip any steps. They're developing capacity when it's a day to go heavy, let them go heavy and work on that power clean, right? Start, start to build some volume. When they have heavy power cleans in a Metcon session or, or a, you know an endurance training session, they can start to gradually add a little bit of weight up and before you know it after they've trained for months 
right? And they've put the capacity together with the strength. Now all of a sudden they're ready to test it. And number one, like they're going to feel way better about it because they trained for it. They learned they're going to feel accomplishment. Second of all, they're going to be able to do it and maintain the stimulus, therefore actually draw what we want from the workout and then get better as a result of it. Right. So I would say that that's the biggest thing here when it comes to RX. All right, RXing a workout or doing a workout as prescribed. When you ask yourself or when you're thinking or talking to your athletes, should they or shouldn't they? Right? It's first say here's the workout. Second, here's the the expectation or the intended stimulus that goes with this workout. Explain it, break it down. And then you go around the room once we start laying out how we're going to prepare and you start to have some individual conversations on what do you think? You know, hey, how do you feel about the power thing? How do you feel about the number of pull-ups? How do you feel about the run? What are you feeling based on yesterday? You start to have these one-on-one conversations to make sure that the workout is set up appropriately for them. And that's maybe the, the, the last thing we can talk about before we wrap up this as prescribed conversation is we, we talked about some of the terminology here like scaling it, it having a negative connotation um we we can start with that in the gym obviously the way the the coaches are talking about it out in front of the general group do people get you know are people the the butt of the joke because they scaled something or they didn't like watch out for all that stuff that all leads to um, people feeling badly about doing it. it are only people who do the workout RX celebrated, right? That can lead to people starting to think like, oh, you know, I'm not doing it right or I'm not doing enough if I don't do it RX. But here's the other thing. When it comes time to make a modification, you don't necessarily have to do that out in front of everybody Right and say like, oh, hey, you're nowhere near strong enough to do those power cleans today, so you're definitely going down. Like, obviously, that's not going to make people feel good either. So that needs to be something where, once you explain the workout, th- this is how I specifically like to do it when I'm coaching my classes. Is I'll explain the workout, I'll explain the stimulus, I'll lay out how we're going to prep for this, and then as we're going out and we're prepping, there'll be times where I'm watching the entire group. But then what I'm going to be doing is going around with every single person. If I have 15 people, that means I'm checking in with 15 different people on how they interpreted what I said and what their game plan is to make sure they're executing that. And if I have a problem with something they say, then I'll say it right then and there and we'll address it there and we'll fix it. But I make sure I touch base with every single person and help them set up the workout so that they get what we want them to get from it. And we don't have 15 different expressions of that workout, right? It can look 15 different ways. I'm fine with that. Right? That, that, that means maybe I did my job. If, if one workout looks 15 different ways because I've got 15 different people all at a different level with different strengths, weaknesses, maybe injuries they're dealing with. One person didn't come yesterday. One person's come five days in a row. Like everyone's dealing with something different. This isn't a competition. We don't all have to do the same things and we shouldn't. And the first person that needs to understand that is the coach. 
All right, so if we're going to review this real quick, guys, we talked about in terms of um, doing an RX, uh, doing a workout RX or prescribed. The fact is that most of the athletes should not be doing it RX or prescribed. They should be told what that is, explained what the stimulus is, and then scaling our workouts or modifying our workouts to chase the stimulus, not necessarily chase the workout that was on the board. Um, Continually chasing the stimulus and building off of that experience for months and years will build an athlete with, with... a proper base in terms of skills, strengths, and capacity, right? We're not just talking about scaling weights. We're talking about scaling everything from, you know, progressions and body weight movements to loading and our heavy weightlifting movements to the duration of some of our monostructural movements, running, rowing, biking, and anything like that can be modified to meet the needs of the athlete where they are. So in closing, scale more, scale better, and maintain the intended stimulus. That is episode three. We thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I look forward to this every week. Obviously, with what's going on in the world right now, we are um, trying to put together a little bit more content for you guys so that we can start to release a couple of these every single um, week just because I know we're all in this state of um, of being at home and maybe not or, and maybe having more time than we're used to having so what I would love to do is be able to get more content out to you guys so you can keep learning and working on your craft so until next episode thank you guys so much for listening and we will talk to you soon bye-bye